Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers with your host, Peggy Smedley. Welcome back to ConExpo ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. I'm your host, Peggy Smedley. Our first guest is a sustainability and energy efficiency policy professional working to educate corporate business leaders, guide evolution of public policy actions, and develop long-term strategic sustainability goals. Please welcome Shana Longo, Lead AP Senior Government Affairs and Sustainability Analyst at LaGrande North America. Shana, welcome to the show. Good morning, Peggy. How's it going? It is great to have you on the show. I apologize. I'm uh, suffering from a little uh, laryngitis here, but I'm excited to have you on the show. So uh, let's talk about this. You know, when we talk about um, energy-efficient design and low-carbon footprint and all those kind of things that really are important today, I think uh, there's a lot of construction companies who are still trying to get their arm around that and what that really means. What's your thoughts on how do you define that? Well, so we know that that buildings are extremely resource intensive uh, to build and operate, and so they they uh, they still need to be able to meet the mission of their occupants, though. And so we view at Legrand energy efficient design and designing for a low carbon footprint as extremely necessary, ensuring the building can meet or exceed its operating mission, but still reduce its impact on the surrounding environment. Um, and we understand that building owners have a, um, and architects have a lot of uh, different drivers that are making them have to make these decisions about um, how to design to be less impactful on the environment. And energy efficiency is really your first step into that. It's, it's really the cornerstone of performance. Um, it's often been said that energy efficiency is the first fuel source so that by reducing your energy demand with energy efficiency strategies, you're really reducing the amount of fuel you need regardless of how clean that fuel source is. And that's good for the bottom line as well as the environment. So when you think about that and you say it's good for the bottom line, it's good for the environment, putting those two together, are, are most companies efficient and effective at that or do they have to learn how to balance how you do both? I definitely think it's a balancing act. I think there's a lot of um, different pieces of of performance that come into play, and there are trade-offs, especially when you talk about what is a high-performance building. It's it's broader than just energy. You know, you still, like I said, have to meet the mission and the intended, um, the goals of the occupants and the building owner. And so there's a lot of other pieces that come into play with energy efficiency. And I think a, a really big... Um, type of approach moving forward is uh, integration of systems. So you know that the different systems across the building that are meeting the building occupants' needs are talking to one another. They're not designed or constructed in a vacuum, but they're interrelated, and therefore you can get the most efficiency out of them. So when we talk about that, we've been talking about integration or we, you know, as once we're islands of automation, as we've said for years, and now this idea of integrating is not something that's new. We've been talking about it for years, right? What's spurring the interest now that's saying today we should be doing this? Why is there so much interest in performance in buildings today? Is it the technology is advanced and we're getting smarter at how to do it and integrating it? Or 
are we figuring out better ways to do it? But why is today we're saying we should be doing it now? Well, I think that there's a lot of uh, different factors that, you know, we have, like you said, we've talked about this for a while, um, but there's a lot of external drivers that are now forcing this into the spotlight. Um, and I, I'm going to walk through a few of them. So there's definite market and economic forces um, that are encouraging building owners um, to reduce their risk and improve their asset value when it comes to their buildings. Um, we've seen a, an uptick in man-made and natural threats ranging from terrorism to floods and earthquakes, and we need to be able to respond to those types of things. Um, climate change I'm sure everyone is well aware of the discussions going on around that um, internationally and nationally. I think that's a, a big factor, too, as we, we look at how these buildings are consuming significant amounts of natural resources and putting a, increasing pressure to become more resource efficient. Um, an interesting one that we, we've seen a lot of, um, definitely in, in more so in Europe and, and slowly increasingly in the U.S., is um, the aging in place, um, and we know, you know, with the baby boomer generation starting to, to age and the growing age of the American population overall, um, as well as the American with Disabilities Act requirements, um, it's really driving building owners to consider social equity and design designing for accessibility. Um, we're also seeing a, a big change in really information technology, and whether you refer to this as, you know, Internet of Things, IoT, or big data, you know, there's lots of different terms for it. Um, but we're needing to contend with this just massive amount of data that's coming from our devices and, and being fed through our buildings, and um, really it's just a requirement to, again, conduct the mission within the building. Um, and I think the last major driver is really a, a new generation of building codes and standards that are starting to reflect um, really customer demand and, and expectation that this is how a building should be performing. Um, they set the minimum standard, and then you know the other things within the market, like LEED or the Living Building Challenge, are really pulling us forward um, and driving towards higher levels of building performance. So it's an interesting thing. You, you kind of tossed out a lot of things there. And if I'm a, a contractor right now, I'm going, wow, how do I keep up with all of these? I mean, there's a lot of things that I am certain contractors have a very difficult time keeping up. I mean, keeping up with big data alone is, is a challenge in and of itself. Keeping up with lead standards, keeping up with climate change. I don't even think you can keep up with climate change, right? I mean, it's just a <laughs> massive thing all in itself. So how do you, right. if you're a contractor right now and you say, how am I supposed to keep up with this? I mean, how can I do my job effectively and, and efficiently with all the things that are happening with what you're trying to say to be able to have a low carbon footprint in this world right now that you're talking about? So I think, you know, contractors re really care about keeping costs down and meeting the building owner's needs. So I would say really the first step is understanding within a, a building project, what are the owner's requirements, what standards are they setting themselves to, um, and how can a technology choice, um, whether a, a very simple technology choice such as a dimmer or a switch in a room versus, versus a complex technology choice such as a um, a more complicated lighting and load control system, how would either of those technologies help meet the building owner's desire um, and their need to serve their own occupants? 
So I think that once you really understand that, um, really what the goals are of the project, that it's much easier to get your hand and your head around all these different requirements that building owners are contending with. Um, and I think that the, from a cost perspective, um, really understanding code at a minimum and understanding the, the way that you could choose products that maybe are modular or prefabricated um, that can be assembled on site can go a long way in meeting the, just the basic level of performance demand from a building owner's perspective. So if I'm understanding you, Shanna, really well here, a company like Legrand and others who are looking at technology and things, you can't really understand it all. I mean, honestly, there's just too much. But if you try to get some of the really key things that you can have an impact on from the beginning, you try to use technology and get the value in a high performance that you're best at doing, you can maximize the project that you're working on for each individual project. And you can maximize that job site that you're doing and saying, look, if it's using technology at that at that one, maximizing the most cost to the best of your, their ability at each project that they have. Definitely, yeah, and I, I, I understand it's, it's very challenging to, to keep up with all of the demands, um, but I think a, a lot of it is going to come back to what the owner is really looking for, and if the contractor is aware of, you know, code at a basic standard, at, at a basic level, or um, can tell and make the recommendation the difference between a, a simple technology installation versus a more complex one and really work with the building owner to understand what would best meet their needs. Um, I think that would be best the best situation all around for the contractor, for the building owner, and then ultimately for the occupant that would need to use those technologies. Is there a lot of collaboration now that we need to start thinking about this? Is is you just described the owner, the contractor, everyone? The more that there's collaboration, because there's so many things changing right now, and and the market's changing right now. When we talk about sustainability, definitely. Um, I, I think the this concept of integrated project design, which um, in a recent McGraw Hill study, I think forty percent of um, folks familiar with the term are believe that it's going to grow exponentially in the next three years. And that's, that's the idea of multiple stakeholders being at the table early on in a project's inception. Um, and that can range from actually having manufacturers at the table to, um, you know, the building owner, the building owner representative, the architect, you know, up and down the, the chain. Um, and we have a, a pretty solid example at Legrand where we were actually part of an integrated project design team at Parkland Hospital in Dallas. Um, it's the nation's largest healthcare facility. Um, and they did a, a pretty extensive mock-up process prior to um, actually even starting construction. And, and we were involved in the mock-up process um, which helped them determine, you know, what products would fit best in the space and, and again, achieve, achieve the mission of the space. Um, but interestingly enough, we were also involved in a pilot with some of the occupants of the building, and we were able to get their feedback on, you know, what we thought would be Shana, the we're out of time. Like, Can you come back okay. and talk to us soon and tell us more and continue that in another day? We'd love to hear more about that. Sure. All right. Well, we're out of time, listeners. Stick around. We've got more to talk to you about right here on ConExpo, ConAg Radio, brought to you by the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. If it's new, it's here. We'll be right back.
Come join over 130,000 construction industry professionals in March 2017. ConExpo ConAg 2017 is North America's largest construction show. Explore over 2.5 million square feet and imagine what's next with over 2,500 exhibitors. Get the details at conexpoconag.com slash future and join us as we take this to the next level. Hi, this is Rob Barnett, CEO and founder of VinVillage.com and the Wine and Dine Show on VinVillage Radio. Do you have a wine, event, product, or service to promote? Then contact VinVillage.com to reach thousands of wine lovers across the country. VinVillage connects like-minded wine enthusiasts with unique and exclusive wines, events, products, and services. To learn more, contact us on VinVillage.com. VinVillage is where wine lovers connect. Identity theft costs over $20 billion a year. When was the last time you changed all of your passwords? Don't be a victim. The nonprofit Securing Our E-City Foundation is here to support you. They serve individuals, families, seniors, businesses, and nonprofits throughout San Diego, helping to make a safer cyber experience for all. For more information, visit securingourecity.org or call 619-630-2444. Has your business been appified? Are you tired of doing marketing that doesn't deliver results? Mobile apps build loyalty and quality retention. Your app from UPG Mobile puts your business on their mind and at their fingertips. UPG Mobile will give you a custom app highlighting how you are unique, targeting your message, and improving your open rates. Appify your business and amplify your presence with your customers at upgmobilemarketinggroup.com. You were born to do one amazing thing, but most people spend a lifetime trying to identify what it is. If you're at a job you don't like or are unemployed, if you're in a state of transition or just can't shake that nagging feeling that you were meant and made to do something extraordinary, the Reinvention Workshop is exactly what you need. Led by award-winning self-help author Steve Ulcher, the Reinvention Workshop will forever change your life. The Reinvention Workshop takes you step-by-step through Steve's proven formula that has helped so many get on the right path and be clear about what they were born to do. Take the first step for realizing the life you deserve and desire by visiting TheReinventionWorkshop.com today. No more delays, no more denial. Reconnect with your true self. Learn to live with purpose and conviction and become who you were born to be. The world is waiting for you. What are you waiting for? Log on to TheReinventionWorkshop.com. That's TheReinventionWorkshop.com. 